Hello, friends, and welcome to Coach Cuts Corner. Streaming bright from Michigan's capital city, this podcast is dedicated to helping you better understand the who, the what, and the why of mental performance, personal growth, and Lansing Stars baseball. Coach Cuts Corner, brought to you by iWash. In collaboration with Lansing Community College. And now here's your host, Stephen Cutter. Welcome back or welcome to Coach Cuts Podcast. I'm Stephen Cutter and today I'm joined in studio by Shane Jude. Shane is a sophomore infielder for the Lansing Stars baseball team and hails from Midland, Michigan. Welcome to the studio, Shane. Thanks for having me, Coach Cut. Let's jump right in. When I mention the word Little League, what do you think of? I think of the days going back and playing ball with all my neighborhood friends and uh, spending a lot of time out each and every day going after school and just having fun. All fun. You played on some pretty good baseball teams. Yes, very good. Any memories that stand out? Um, I mean, we made it pretty far and we're always playing against top competition regional tournament as little leaguers it was really awesome back then do you still enjoy watching the little league world series today i love it i mean you've been there you've always you've experienced it yourself so seeing what they're going through and the emotions behind it you you really can feel for them that's incredible maybe someday you'll be a little league coach it's possible Uh, tell me about your parents my parents uh rich and kelly they uh they're awesome people. My dad used to play ball, learned everything I know from him uh, on the baseball side of things. He played baseball at Michigan State. He also cool. he went to high school where I went to high school, grew up in the same area. And then he ended up getting drafted to play ball with Chicago Cubs and Pittsburgh Pirates. And he coaches high school baseball now, right? He does coach baseball at HH Del High. Nice. And you have some other family ties to Michigan State, do you not? I do. I have a lot, actually. Grandpa played football there, uh, won a national championship with them. Starting quarterback, All-American, uh, uncle really? played baseball there as well. Had another uncle play football there. I mean, it, it, the list goes on at Michigan State. Nice. It's pretty cool. like to talk about summer ball a little bit. Summer collegiate baseball is something that college baseball players will travel across the country to play in summer collegiate leagues once the college season is over. It's it's a really good thing. It's it's get, it's got to be kind of the right fit because the college season, at least at our level, is a 56 game regular season, and that doesn't include playoffs. Most summer collegiate leagues are around you know 30 to 45 games, unless you're playing in the Northwoods League, which is you know north of 70. What was your college experience like? Because that's where we really met. We met in Muskegon when I, I was coaching for the Clippers. You came to Muskegon as a player for the Clippers, and, and that's a great environment in the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League. That's an incredible place to play at, the, the home crowds, the field, everything else. What, what was that experience like for you? Well, during the time of the experience, I thought that it wasn't the best just because of the performance that I was going through. I was having a tough time uh, finding barrels, getting any hits, getting any knocks, everything. I was just struggling on all sorts of different tools in that summer. But honestly, I look back at that summer and it has shaped me to who I am today. I've grown so much since that moment and coming as far as we have with you, I have nothing but good things to say about Muskegon other than my own performance that put me in a tough spot baseball-wise. But I do have a lot of respect for summer collegiate baseball and especially in Muskegon. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk about mental performance today, and we'll probably circle back to your experience with the Clippers. Another thing that gets really brought up, whether it's high school, travel ball, 
college, baseball, the word is development. It is everywhere. What does development mean to you and what's it look like? Well, it means everything to me. I mean, development, I just like to think you always come out of high school and you feel like you're on top of the world. You get all these different accolades if you're one of those top players and uh, you feel like you, you've learned everything. You got nothing more to develop, but you come in and you just learn how much more you can develop and what you can get the best out of yourself and finding that best side of yourself is is awesome. So there's there's more development than the physical sides of baseball, and I've learned that, and it's great. What's your greatest memory that you have with the STARS program? Um, greatest memory, honestly, was just winning that regional championship last year, but not only because we won, but because of how far we came. Uh, we had a team the year before that was just unbelievably talented, didn't should not have lost a single game uh, based on talent and came up short in that regional championship. We have a team last year, only 29 guys and small pitching staff, and we just worked on what was most important and understood what our process was and believed in it all and the fact that we came from a disappointing season that we had the year before to winning that regional championship and was a really great experience. There's an incredible picture of you and the rest of the team after we had won. That's a that's that's a picture I'll keep for probably forever. At the time of this recording, we've just returned from our spring trip. And we're 14 games in now. And that spring trip, the team spent, you know, 47 plus hours on a bus, checked in and checked out of a ton of hotels, got to play at some really nice ballparks, get to play in some really nice weather. What was that experience like for you? definitely different than anything I'd ever experienced before on the road but it was a ton of fun it was hard on the body obviously riding the bus so much playing so many games but in the end of the day when you're playing ball you're out there playing ball so there's nothing else on your mind and we're on break so it's just a lot of baseball and can't complain about that how'd you do on the trip I felt like I did pretty well overall uh there's a couple obviously things that you're working on early season kinks that you got to work out but um for being the first time out there in a long while to compete against some top programs, I think overall I did well as well as the team. Yeah, I think he, I think he did really well. It was the first time he really had played competitive baseball since June, so I think he did really well. And hopefully, the team and everybody else had a had a lot of fun. Albeit there there was a lot of travel and all that, it still was a really really positive experience. The home openers one week away at the time of this recording. We still have snow on the ground. What are you thinking? Are we going to be able to play? Well, I mean, that's not up to us really when it comes to snow on the ground, and we can't control that. you got to hope for the best at this point. Being in Michigan, you don't know what can come, whether no matter what month it is. I mean, control what we can. You're from a cold-weather state. You've gotten somewhat used to playing in cold weather, you know, high school and everything else. Do you bundle up quite a bit when you're playing or how, how much can you actually wear and still feel comfortable when you're trying to compete? I mean, just I, for myself, I just put on the long sleeve undershirt. I don't want to put on too much because, I mean, that just feels like you're, you're taken away from your physical um, body and movements and all that stuff. So I want to be able to move freely uh, with whatever I'm wearing. But, I mean, it really, too, do, does depend on if you're playing or not. If I'm, I mean, if you're not on the field, you might as well bundle up as much as you can. But on the field, you don't want to get too constrictive with what you're wearing. What are some of the challenges of being a, living in a cold-weather state and being – 
you know, an athlete. You experience it at the high school level. You're now experiencing it at the college level. There are challenges. That doesn't mean that they're setbacks, but there are certainly challenges that you need to figure out how to overcome. Can you talk about any of the challenges that you've experienced, whether it's through high school or college, where it's just a little bit more challenging to to play an outdoor sport? Well, I mean, the number one challenge is, of course, the weather. When it hits those winter months, baseball is an outside sport. Most other sports are an outside sport that I played. So, I mean, in those winter months, you got to do your training inside. And yes, that's way different than outside, but I mean, it's all repetitions, it's all reps. So, hitting inside a facility or getting ground balls inside a facility. Those are huge, especially in the winter. I mean, I, I like it as a benefit because you're able to get way more reps inside than you are outside, but it does affect you a little bit being inside rather than outside when you're playing majority of the most important games outside. So, Yeah, good stuff. So I want to circle back to mental performance. You talked about your, your time in Muskegon. And I want to finish with kind of saying, you know, mental performance is one of those things that at least in our game, they, they say it's 90% mental and 10% skill and, and everybody gives different numbers. But it's certainly well known that the mental piece is a huge piece of the game of baseball and a game that experiences an awful lot of failure in it. If you're the mentally stronger that you are, the, the better chances that you have to to have success, you know? And before I get back into your summer collegiate baseball stuff, I wanna talk about this past weekend when we were playing, We at one point we had a five, five and a half hour bus ride and then got off the bus and played a double header and played 16 innings. And between BP and all the other stuff, the IO that we work really hard on and all that stuff, we spent eight and a half hours at the baseball field. So mentally, you have to be really, really strong, mentally strong to, to, to go out and compete and do well. When you were struggling in Muskegon, you probably found yourself really thinking a whole lot, right? What was that like? I mean, I mean, what were you thinking about at those points? I mean, were you thinking I'm terrible? I, I, exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, everything that went bad that summer on the baseball field made me feel like I was the worst player ever. I just felt after games, they're in the past, they're over. And I was still hung up on in that bat I had, an error I made, whatever it was. It made me feel like the worst player ever. And those next days I'm waking up and we got another game and I'm still thinking about what had already happened like are people gonna like 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 me they're gonna think that I'm a bad player I'm thinking about what other people thought about myself rather than what I actually thought about myself so and then what's the flip side of that when everything is going really amazing some will call it zone or flow what are you thinking about then I'm just I mean you're not thinking you're just you're just going out and you're playing you're having a good time uh and I mean, you're obviously like, I'm hot right now. I feel good. So there's nothing to think about other than baseball. Right. And so that goes into play. If if the game is, you know, we'll say 90% mental, as as others have said, then, then why is the mental performance not practiced a large amount of the time? And so that's something that we do a lot here. We work on a lot of that stuff. And the closer you can get to flow states, the closer you can get to being relaxed and not thinking about stuff is the closer that you're competing without pressure, without the worry of what other people are thinking. 
you're just going out and, you know, a statement that we have in our program is we just talk about doing your job, you know, just, just go do your job. Don't, you don't have to necessarily do anybody else's job, but you need to do your job. And the only way you can do your job at your best ability is just by being relaxed and being free of, of worry and stuff like that. We, we talk a lot about high performing teams. We do a lot of different stuff in our program and, and it's, it's always based on high performance. And, you know, analogy that, that I like to use is an average team, what that environment's going to look like is if you were ever to go watch a youth football game. Now you played football, correct? Yes, I did. And, and you were decent, right? I was, I was all right. Oh, yeah. You were okay. Okay. You were QB one, right? For Midland? I yeah. was. Okay. So you go watch a youth football game that's got, you know, five-year-olds or whatever, and you've got kids running everywhere. You've got coaches picking kids up and putting them in positions. And then it ultimately, it, it's hilarious to watch because typically one of the kids' teammates will end up tackling them or they'll run the wrong way into the wrong end zone or, you know, just all this crazy stuff and that's typically what average teams look like for the most part and i'm not i'm not talking just baseball i'm talking overall in general whether it's in the business environment or any other environment you've got people with all these different ideas and they're kind of going all over the place and then if you look at high performing teams they they have a lot of similar standards and that success leaves a lot of clues so you can see a lot of different similarities in those high performing teams and instead of youth football with average teams we'll, we'll look at high performing teams and what we'll, have you ever watched a nascar race i have watched a nascar race yes beautiful beautiful if you watch a nascar pit crew you're going to see as that car goes into the pits you're going to see people running out and they're changing tires and and taking off lug nuts and and putting gas on and fixing up the car and and you know getting drinks and all that stuff and they do it in, I don't know, it's got to be like seven seconds or something like that. It's insane. It's crazy. But that's what high achieving teams look like. They're all pulling on the rope the same way. Mm -hmm. And when that driver, if that driver happens to do really well that day and he, and he or she is up on that podium, the person that was putting the lug nuts on or putting the tires on or putting the gas in isn't up on that podium. But that person that did all that stuff, they were just doing one thing. They were doing their job and they were doing their job really, really well. So what are any other characteristics that come to you? Because you've been on some high performing teams. You were on, you know, obviously you were on last year's team that went to the College World Series, but you were on good high school teams as well. What are some characteristics that come to mind? You know, I, I kind of hit on like pulling on the rope the same way, but what comes to mind for you? What um, one of the bigger things that I, I take a lot of pride in is uh, that team chemistry. Um, and team chemistry comes on and off the field. Uh, having trust in your teammates to do their job is one of the bigger things that I, I like to focus on and take pride in. Just having that trust when a ball goes in the air to trust your outfielder to catch it. Um, when uh, the ground ball is hit to trust your other infielder to make the play. Uh, a lot of things come from that. And I think team chemistry is one of the bigger traits too on top of everything that you've mentioned before. Yeah, I think the buzzword today is culture. For sure. But it's it's really your culture is kind of a long game. Your environment is your, is your short game. And, and what, what type of team you have, what type of culture, what type of environment you have is, is paramount to what type of success you're going to have. 
And you can sit here and you can drop all these big words and, and small words and, and say what's really important, but you really don't know how impactful all that stuff is until you kind of get punched in the nose and you have to respond. And, and, and it's truly, you know, how you respond makes, makes all, the, all the difference in the world. Another question for you, what, what kind of advice would you give to an incoming freshman recruit that's coming into LCC? You've been here for a couple of years. You've experienced a lot of different things. You know, obviously you were here during the whole COVID uh, shutdown. And then you've been on a team that went to the College World Series. You, you've seen hard losses, amazing dog piles. You've, you've seen a lot of different things. You've been on campus for uh, an absolute ton of different things that we've that we do as a team on campus and you've been in the community, what, what kind of advice would you give to an incoming kid that's just coming out of high school? It's going to be a freshman. What kind of advice would you have for him? One thing I'd like to say for sure is uh, just to believe in yourself. Um, you're, you're going into a foreign program. You're going into an unfamiliar area of the baseball side of things. And you're going into a program like here at LCC that's very prestigious at the junior college level. Um, so there are going to be those times where you struggle a day, you, uh, whether it's in the classroom or whether it's on the field. But just believe in yourself that you're going to be able to do it. Um, don't, don't let other people, uh, don't compare yourself to other people when it comes to you coming in uh, that first year. And make sure that you really take pride um, in yourself. And whether it's time management, practice, everything, you want to believe in yourself that you're going to be able to do the things that you believe you're able to do. And when you're as confident in yourself as you are as your team, you're going to get the best out of yourself for sure. Um, and so going, getting through those tough times, especially as a freshman and all through that belief system that we have here. And if you have that belief system in yourself, you're going to be very successful on and off the field. And you seem to be able to implement a lot of that with, with underclassmen here as well. What's the biggest thing that somebody needs to know because it's different here. It, it, it's hard to completely wrap it all up, but you've, you've been here for a little bit. You've seen some really good baseball. A lot of kids coming out of high school really don't have a good feel for what really good junior college baseball looks like. You know, and we just we just went on our spring trip and we played some of the best teams in the in the country. And I know that we had freshmen on our team that were a little bit amazed at what that looked like in the certain spots that we were playing in and what the talent looked like on that field. How do you adapt for that? And is it is it a little bit shocking when you look across the field at times and you're like, this is this is junior college baseball. This is crazy. No, it is for sure. I mean, you just got to be ready for that change. It's a big leap from those high school games that you're playing in. So just kind of be be weary of understanding that these are top tier programs that you're going to be playing for and playing against. And you can't just can't get intimidated by that. You just got to believe in your system, um, believe in the processes that we have here um, and everything is going to work out. There's been a lot of talk about travel baseball and high school baseball. There are some kids that are no longer playing high school baseball because they want to practice with their travel team. And then, you know, once the weather gets better, at least in cold weather states, they want to start playing games. You know, there's there's been a lot of talk about Little League and how kids aren't playing Little League anymore because of, you know, travel sports and then travel sports 
really the the good ones will come back and say, well, we can develop, we we can work with them all year around in team settings and in at least in the state of Michigan, that's not necessarily legal for a high school to, to do that. So, kind of what what's your take when you when I bring up that you know there's little leagues and some of these programs <clears throat> that are losing kids just because of travel ball. Did you play travel baseball? I did play travel ball, but on top of that, I was playing Little League. I was playing Rec League, whatever it was. I mean, my biggest take is, like, I understand why these things are going. I mean, you get out, you play in these huge tournaments, and lots of different teams are there. Uh, you got college coaches everywhere that start looking at you at those young ages. But my number one thing is just make sure you're doing what makes you happy. Make sure you're doing what what is the most fun to you? If you find it most fun to be playing in those crazy big tournaments with all these different coaches looking at you, then you go do that. But if you're more happy playing with the kids you grew up with, playing with all your buddies from school, whatever it is, you just keep doing that as long as you're playing the game and you're happy. I mean, that, that'll keep you playing for a longer amount of time because I know a lot of those kids who go do those big tournaments, they, they burn out of the game and they lose love for the game because everything was just a competition within their own mind rather than just having fun and competing with whoever it be, may be. That's really good because if you're doing something that you're passionate about and something that you love and something that brings you joy, it's never going to be a grind and you're not going to burn out on it. If you're doing things for really some not great reasons and, and you're doing them for the, you know, the, the accolades and, and the different things that come up, then that's, that's where the burnout comes from. That's where the, you know, the grind that you see on social media or anything else that that's where it is. But if you're doing something that you truly love, you're going to have fun doing it. And it's, it's not going to be work someday, as I said, maybe you'll be a little league coach, but you know, college coaches, high school coaches, all these coaches, they put in extreme amounts of hours. And the ones that are doing it for the right reasons never look at it as this is, this is a grind. They, it's just part of doing the job. And it's, it's a lot of fun when you're, when you're in those situations. Just kind of want to wrap it up. I appreciate you coming in. I'm certainly, we've got a lot of moments and memories to have yet this year, but I, I really am going to miss you a lot. Uh, you've been a, you've been a big impact on our program and I just, I just wanted to thank you for that. No, I, I have nothing but good things to say about you too, Cut. I mean, you have completely, this and you, you and this coaching staff have completely changed my life and I have uh, no way to thank you other than saying thank you and uh, just giving it my all each and every day. So appreciate it, Jude. Coach Cuts Corner is recorded live in the WLNZ studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Dedalian Lowry. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it and follow us on all the platforms of social media. You can find more about our program at lccstars.com and donations to our baseball program can be made at the same site. See you next time.